With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome into Brewcast for Maze and Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Luke Yardy, joined as always by Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani here on Brewcast. And we're here with you recording on Labor Day Monday evening and getting ready to go to drop this on Tuesday, September 2nd, coming off of game week. So as I bring in these guys, Chris Castellani and Anthony Broom, got to say, guys, well, uh, one weekend, one victory. And uh, how are we feeling? Did you guys have a good weekend? Yeah, it's a lot different than the first football podcast of the season we did last year, where it was at, coming out of the Notre Dame game. It was like the exident, existential <laughs> Michigan crisis uh what the hell just happened podcast. So a little bit different, obviously different opponents, different scenarios this year. Uh, as far as how I feel today, uh, I just told you guys off pod that I was up until four fifteen on Saturday. Yesterday, uh, Sunday uh, was, was kind of a drag. And then I just, I have a belly full of beer cheese right now for my labor day uh, shenanigans. So if I come off as low energy right now, uh, let's just say, by the time you hear this podcast, probably tomorrow morning, I probably will have about 10 hours of sleep. So I'll be much better uh, when when next you hear from me. Chris, how you feeling, man? I'm feeling good. Yeah, it was a, it was a really interesting weekend. Uh, obviously, nice to have college football back. Um, you know, a lot to take away from the fir- from that first game. I think it's going to be it's going to provide for good content. Obviously, uh, Anthony, you brought up something already uh, that I was going to bring up later regarding um you know, how different this is than last year's, um, you know, the first game, 
this is obviously much more comfortable, but there's a lot more things to uh, there. There's a lot of things still to take away from what was uh, I would call a fascinating opening game for uh, our Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, it, yeah, it so, very much is a. And sorry, Luke. I, I know you're, you'll get into it here, but it was sort of a somewhat of a passing the baton from like Michigan football of the past to Michigan football of the future. And it was not like a smooth Olympic passing of the baton. It was like fat kid on the track team passing the baton, like kind of, (laughs) kind of stumbled the last few steps, but he got it there. Like we're, we're into the next week. Like things are okay. Uh, The job was done, but uh, it was not always pretty, but uh, a lot of it also was. Yeah, so here on Brewcast today, what we're going to do is we're going to take a look back at the game. We're going to take a look at the good, take a look at the bad, and take a look at the ugly. Because I think there was uh, a healthy amount of all three. Uh, I I think we could put it that way, though. A a very good victory, good way to start the year. Obviously, it was a 40-14 to game until a late garbage time touchdown. Like Michigan dominated the football game, obviously got off to about his worst start as you could have possibly imagined. We'll probably get into that, the ugly. But I do want to start with one ugly that's not probably the main ugly, but one thing that I found myself actually kind of (laughs) mad at Anthony during the game when I was watching it because – we're gonna because going going back to Big Ten media days. Jim Harbaugh gets up there and he starts talking about Shea Patterson, Dylan McCaffrey. He's gonna use both quarterbacks, and sometimes he's gonna use both quarterbacks at the same time. So we talked about it, and Anthony kind of talked us off the ledge. He's like, "Look, man, Jim Harbaugh. He just says things sometimes, you know, just kind of going with it." So I kind of put it out of my head up until this game. And then lo and behold, what are the, that second series after the turnover, we see Shea Patterson and Dylan McCaffrey out there at the same time. And let me tell you, that was just disastrous. I never want to see it again. I never want to see it again. I blame <laughs> Anthony for talking me off the ledge because then I was reminded of it watching the game. It was worse than I could have possibly imagined. Damn, damn you for lulling me into a false sense of security, <laughs> said Luke and all of my ex-girlfriends. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was, we can just sort of start with that because I don't have a lot of thoughts on that other than it sucks. And I hope we don't see a lot of it. Um, I actually thought when I went back and watched the game, actually it was early Monday morning. A few of the play designs were not terrible. If you're running that jet sweep to like Ronnie bell instead of Dylan McCaffrey. Uh, but you know, that's, and I think I said this all along and I think I reiterate reiterated on Saturday when you do that two quarterback thing, you're pulling what, what I mean, as I understand Dylan McCaffrey is a great athlete and you want to get him on the field. If he's such a great athlete that you have to have him on the field the same time as Shea Patterson, just make him Keith Nickel, make him a wide receiver. But I think your wide receivers are are deeper than than that being necessary. Thank you. So um, it bothers me a little bit, but again, uh, and I think this is where, and I'm sure you'll hear this from these guys later in the week. Uh, Andy Bailey did sort of a, what we learned from the weekend. He called this game essentially a preseason game with right. a checklist of things that the Michigan staff wanted to see. And you look at Jim Harbaugh's comments from after the game and then sort of doubling down on Monday, they got everything accomplished. They wanted to get done on Saturday night and they feel like they did a pretty good job of it. So to me, a lot of this sort of, no, not there was a not that there was a ton of it, but some of the wackier stuff we saw. I mean, I think it was the byproduct of you always want to respect your opponent and you know go out and give them the best game you can. But uh, to me, it was a lot of tinkering exper- and experimenting against a team that really, all things considered, wasn't much of a threat. 
No. Um, yeah, I mean, you make a lot of the points I was probably going to make. I Just kind of jumping right into it. Uh, with this being the first game, and, and I think what this showed, uh, what kind of kept ringing in my ear throughout the night, is how dumb it is to do something like schedule Notre Dame first week of the season. I think especially at Michigan. Like, they, having this first game to kind of, you have a lot of kinks, you need to work them out. Um, and, and I think uh, overall this was kind of an underwhelming performance I think this team will get better. I have no doubt about that. I think the offensive play calling, while improved, more uh, more misdirections, more deception. I like that. A little bit more creativity with the play calling. But I, I would be surprised, and maybe it's just for the sake of my sanity here, um, I would be surprised if we see Dylan McCaffrey at wide receiver, at, at, at used like that at any point uh, the rest of the season. And I certainly hope not. Because the one thing that we have praise this team for, and understandably so, is that they have a surplus of remarkably skilled position players. Uh, and they still do, even with DPJ not, you know, kind of su- rather surprisingly not playing. Uh, the wide receivers, for the most part, with the exception of a few drops by some of the younger guys, looked very, very good. Tight ends look really good. Uh, Tariq Black looks solid. That's a great sign. Collins looks good. Awesome. Uh, this they seem to be a little bit lost as far as what to do with Dylan McCaffrey. Uh, Because I, I, and I feel bad criticizing the way they're using him simply because I feel like it it comes across as me not having faith in him as, as a player. I I think Dylan McCaffrey is going to be a fantastic quarterback when the time is right for Michigan. I really do. Um, I think you're hurting both him and I think you're hurting the team by, trying to have this one and a half quarterback system using him at, at wide receiver. I think most people would agree that that was one of the weaker parts of Saturday's game was the kind of questionable decision-making regarding how this team wants to use Dylan McCaffrey. I, I don't think there's anybody, well, there are, but I don't think there's any sane people out there who believe that uh, Shea isn't the guy to be starting every Saturday. Yeah, we're not going to go into like the straw man argument there because I think we've seen enough of that on Twitter with the the whole quarterback, quote unquote, debate. My thing with McCaffrey is this, and in order for what they sort of tried to do with him to work, he has to throw the football at some point. Yeah. And he only had two pass attempts on the night. He didn't have a ton of pass attempts last year. Um, I could be wrong. It might have been 16 or 17 or something like that. I, I, I probably am wrong. But it's clear to me in what we've seen of him, he is not as gifted a thrower as Dylan McCaff or as a Shea Patterson is. And I'm not even sure he's quite up to like starting quarterback caliber of thrower yet. I think he'll get there. Obviously Michigan's going to, Michigan's going to need him to get there because next year it's, you know, Joe Milton, uh, him and, and Cade McNamara. But right now I don't think what they're sort of thinking of doing with him is all that clever or all that much of a threat because, he's not as much of a threat throwing the ball and for as creative and for as dynamic as I think we saw this offense has a chance to be. I don't think that having him out there, I mean, you go back and watch the film, it'll back this up. It, it not only does nothing for them, it stalls any momentum that they have completely. Um, So yeah, I think that's in a certain way. I mean, and I'll go farther than you, Chris. I mean, I think that was by far the ugliest thing that we saw in Saturday night's game. Mm -hmm. Um, no, it's one of those things where 
you know, if, if that was the goal was to go out there and try all these different things and put the different things on tape and see what you can maybe pull back or expand on or see what your team really does well. Um, that was the thing that I wouldn't mind seeing it burned with fire, like entirely. Yeah. Like I will say this about the, the quarterbacking position, like, like you kind of alluded to Anthony, like I think Dylan McCaffrey's a, a more gifted runner. If that's what they're looking for, but Shea Patterson throwing the football, I don't think it's really any comparison. And I think that brings us right into the good from the game. Uh, talking about some of the good that we've seen from this Michigan team. I thought Shea Patterson was good, you know, outside of the fumble. I mean, you can go look at his numbers, 203 yards, three touchdowns. Like he was throwing darts out there. Probably should have had two more touchdowns. He had just drops. Ronnie Bell just completely dropped a, an easy touchdown catch, you know? Yeah. And so the, Two touches on seven targets. He, he's for as much hype as he had coming to the year. He's got to yeah, be better than 100%. that. One hundred percent. And some of them were, you know, some of them were bad luck, but others, like you know, the numbers kind of speak for themselves. We'll see if that was an anomaly or not. And that's kind of what this game was in a lot of ways. Was it an anomaly? Was it a blip on the radar? I think the best way I put it was it only a lot of things that we saw only become a concern when they become a trend, and we don't have enough football to to see if that's the like, case. like I thought Shea was really good in this game. You know, obviously Dylan McCaffrey lit a bit of a fire under the offense when, when he came in, eventually he ended up leading that touchdown drive, had the rushing touchdown and whatnot. But at the end of the day, I thought Shea Patterson was really good. And what I expected to see out of this guy in his second year in Ann Arbor. Yeah. I, I liked the performance overall. I mean, I know after he took, you know, presumably, I mean, he did get some treatment at halftime, uh, for an undisclosed injury. I assume it's for the shot to the ribs he took on the sack towards the end of the first half. Up until that, I mean, from there, I think he went like one for eight throwing the ball the rest of the game. But, you know, the, the RP, I thought his reads were really solid on the RPOs. Great. To, I mean, more RPOs and quick slants in one half of a Michigan football game than I can really ever remember seeing, which to me is that's one of the bigger takeaways to me because I think Shea showed last year that he's pretty good at, at making reads, whether it's, you know, in the, you know, the regular option game where he's got to decide to hand off or pull the ball and, and run it himself and, and RPOs. I mean, I think this, it's pretty clear to me what they want to do in that regard is absolutely perfect for what he brings to the table. Uh, I don't understand the, you know, people saying he's not accurate and things like what he's not accurate because Nico Collins sort of had to adjust to a touchdown. Like I don't, that doesn't register with me. I mean, I thought, I just don't know. I think with a lot of the fans, what the expectation is uh, with him. I, I, he's a good quarterback, and he he played a good football game. Did what was asked of him. I thought, you know, really when when he was totally healthy, or you know, you could tell the ribs thing was bothering him, and that's why McCaffrey was in for parts of that third quarter because they just didn't want to expose Shade or having to run the football and, and risk further injury there, and they had the luxury to be able to do that, but. You know, this guy's a good player. I, you know, maybe he's not the best quarterback in the big, you know, he might not be the best quarterback in the big 10, although pro football focus had him grading out as such from the weekend, but the the throws mind you, he had a great pocket to throw in all night offensive line. I thought played, played well. Uh, I don't think they were spectacular. I think especially on the interior, those guys were still kind of, you know, adjusting to what their new responsibilities are, but offensive line played well. Patterson had a nice pocket to step into and throw the whole night. And, and really on those three touchdowns, uh, for the most part, especially on Tariq Blacks, like nobody was there. He just had to step up and make the throw. Right. Uh, we've seen Michigan quarterbacks as recent as two years ago that, you know, on that same play that where Tariq Black was wide open, 
they either under or overthrow that football. So um, I think let's not underestimate Shea Patterson's ability to do the basic things that a quarterback should do. And I think that he does them really, really well. And it's kind of tailor-made for what they want to do in this offense moving forward. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much with you. Probably, uh, you know, uh, a little bit more, uh, I, I would say maybe uh, pessimistic maybe isn't even the right word. Just not, uh, not as positive about it as you, I, I think this performance was probably two or three plays away from being legitimately solid. Uh, but the problem is, is those two or three plays made, you know, made a difference. Now, obviously they didn't make a difference in the win loss column. I had no doubt Michigan was going to end up winning this game by, you know, uh, a heavy amount. Uh, but I, I, I think offensively, I, I, I could, would have liked them to look a little bit sharper. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't really fall on Shea. I thought Shea was, very good, and I think I've been. Uh, I think Shea was very good last season. Honestly, uh, I I've never had a problem with him as a quarterback. I think of of all the things that you could run down as potential question marks on this team, quarterback play is very very far down on this list. Shea Patterson, oh, is good. um, I, I wasn't uh as much of a. I wasn't as big on the play by the offensive line and the running backs as some other people were. You know, you had some nice runs by Charbonnet and and Turner, but I, I, I feel like uh, they could open that up a little bit. And I think they still have a long ways to go in that department, and I do think they'll get there. You know, it's one game. Um, there were just, it, I, th- I guess, the way to put this is overall as a performance. There's a lot of things you could check off and say this was fine, this was fine, this was fine, but there's a lot of little things, and we'll talk about them in su- in a second when we get to the you know the bad. Uh, that you know are, are some loose screws that need tightening, and I think they'll get there. But for a first performance, I found it to be passable, if not slightly underwhelming. Yeah, I uh, I, I do want to continue to touch on the good before we get to the bad, because just uh, wrapping up kind of the good. You know, what else did you guys think? I thought Zach Charbonnet was good. I thought he was not only good in the run game. I thought he was good in blitz pickup. I think that was a big area of concern coming in. Could a true freshman be able to do that, especially in an offense like this? Because Middle Tennessee was bringing the blitz a lot, and I thought he did good in that. I thought Ambry Thomas was fantastic as well. So uh, what else did you guys see out there that you would consider on on the good side of a performance? Uh, A few pleasant surprises. Uh, I didn't really realize this until I went back and watched the game, but Ryan Hayes was was very, very good at left tackle, uh, better than I thought we – and then, you know, we didn't think we didn't think John running wasn't going to play. So it was kind of surprised that he was even out there in the first place. But, uh, you know, on 33, I think it was 33 dropbacks didn't allow a single pressure. I kind of thought in the beginning of the game, uh, maybe coasted a little bit. But, you know, as the game and that was, that was just them in general, the nerves were there. Obviously, the ball security, some of the things we'll talk about in the bad section. But, uh, you know, Ryan Hayes is a guy we're already through one week of football. Jim Harbaugh is kind of like, hey, you know, maybe if this guy continues to play well in practice, John Runyon comes back. Maybe we have a competition at left tackle again, or maybe, you know, maybe there's some kind of competition that takes place. Um, so very impressed with him. If if not for what it might mean for this year, what it could mean for the future, because they're going to lose Runyon and Bredesen and a lot of those guys on the offensive line this year. So to know that for the most part, the offensive tackle position is is in bright hands. Uh, with two redshirt freshmen. That was good to see. Ambry Thomas, obviously another guy who, 
you know, as recent as Monday, we didn't know if he was going to play or not. You know, as of really about two weeks ago, we were still kind of wondering if he was back to practice yet. So for him to come in and not only play, but start, and then arguably be, you know, the most impactful defensive player on the field Saturday night was awesome to see. And it was a cool moment to see him have a pick and, and also have a hand in another turnover. Uh, from there, Zach Charbonnet, Jim Harbaugh said it on Monday. Uh, feels like he played a flawless game. He said he had nine blitz pickups, which, you know, like you said, that aspect of his game was a big question mark. But you look at what he brings to the table, and, and you know, you got to be really careful not to overhype, you know, a non-conference game or you know a freshman performance. But when you look at him physically and and vision wise and patience wise and how he can run the football, he can catch the football. He's obviously very good at. Uh, at least he showed on Saturday that he was good at picking up blitzes. That's you could make the case he's already like one of their best offensive players, and he's played you know three quarters of football. Was very impressed with him. I thought the hype for the most part was justified there. Um, I mean, other aspects of the team, I, I liked I, the hype was real about Nick Eubanks improving as a blocker. We saw him get out to the edge on a few times and, and steal some things off. Liked what I saw there. Uh, Interested to see how his role develops moving forward. Um, Nico Collins, Tariq Black. I mean, they could go five deep at wide receiver without Donovan Peoples-Jones, and he will probably be back. I don't think he's going to play this weekend, but I think we'll see him in the Wisconsin game. Uh, from, th- from there, I mean, I think the defense, yeah, you gave it 21 points, but two of them were on short fields off of turnovers, and the other was a garbage time touchdown where there was uh, kind of a, a miscommunication on the back end. So. Outside of that, I mean, I think, you know, I think it's a little bit higher than Chris where he said it's kind of average to, you know, somewhat underwhelming. I would say it's average to slightly good, but definitely not good enough. I liked most of what I saw out there. And I think most of it was, um, I guess I'll just kind of end on this thought in terms of the good stuff. It's different. Yes, Michigan's offense at times struggled on Saturday. But to me, that's different from, say, you know, Michigan State's offense struggling on Friday because Michigan State's not going to do anything different offensively, regardless of what they say they're going to do. Yeah, they were, they were a little more up-tempo, but same personnel, same coaches, they're going to do what they've always done there. Whereas Michigan struggled, but sort of, you know, we saw bits and pieces, especially, you know, for about a quarter of football between halfway through the first and halfway through the second quarter of what this offense has a chance to be. And they showed some promise there and really basically just set a baseline for where this thing is headed. In. And I think that was really positive. Anthony, any more good from you or excuse me, Chris, sorry. No, I mean, I think you guys pretty much covered it, honestly. Well, alrighty then. Well, we are off to the bad. And when we come back on Brewcast, we will discuss a little bit about what we thought was the bad from Michigan's performance against Middle Tennessee. So keep it here on Brewcast. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back into Brewcast. Luke Yardy, Anthony Broom, and Chris Castellani here with you. And we're taking a look back on Michigan's performance against Middle Tennessee. Just went over the good there with you. Now we're ready to take a look at some things that we thought were on the bad side of the performance. I thought there were a couple things that stood out to me. Um, I, I think personally, you know, just, just getting it rolling here, you know, a couple too many big plays from the defense against a, a middle Tennessee team that is probably pretty meh. A lot of missed tackles. I thought, and I, I think the big bad for me and the big area of a concern for me is Michigan's lack yeah. of a pass rush with just four, when they when they've just rushed four, you know we we talk a lot about Quiddy Pay and Josh Uche coming into this, but Michigan was able to get pressure when they blitzed, but when it was just rushing four, you know, compared to last year, I think this is a bit concerning. Yeah, what did you guys see on defense right now? I think coming into the week, definitely probably would have been the secondary and the linebackers, and felt pretty good about the defensive line, a group that we feel you know had a shot to go nine or ten deep, but everything's kind of inverse now. I come away feeling the most confident about the secondary uh, linebackers. I think. They have enough speed and athleticism there, and they have another Glasgow to pull out of their black back pocket that looks like he's going to be a big-time factor, had both of the sacks in the game. I'm a little concerned about the defensive line in that mainly defensive tackle position. Um, I'll put, and this is no disrespect to Ben Mason, but good championship-contending football teams don't have a 270-pound converted fullback playing in the middle of their defense, playing a ton of snaps. Uh, that's where I think... They, this team needs Donovan Jeter back. He did not play uh, in the game on Saturday. Seems like he's probably the most likely of the big three guys that were out, DPJ, running and Jeter, to kind of get back into action this week. So uh, we'll see if it improves there. Uh, I did like what I did like about the defensive line was that uh, that little their, their pass rush package where you had, I believe it was uh, Pay and Josh Uche on the, or it was Hutchinson and I think Uche on the edge and then Dana, Mike Dana and Quiddy pay on the inside. I think that front has a chance to be like soup, like super fun to watch. But when it was just the, then the starting defensive line was uh, Carlo Kemp, Ben Mason at defensive tackle. And then you had Hutchinson and uh, Quiddy pay on the edge. Uh, like I said, I think need to improve on the interior. I was disappointed that we didn't see, we did not see Mousy Smith at all. The true freshman. And Chris Hinton didn't really rotate in until garbage time. So uh, a little less deep there than than I thought they would be. I didn't see a ton of Luigi Villain at defensive end either. So um, for as much talk as there were, hey, this is a group that could be 9, 10, maybe even 11 deep this year. Uh, and then Mike, I, I didn't say this, Michael Dwumfor gets hurt really on one of the first defensive plays of the game. So uh, I think I walk out of this game being concerned the most about what's happening at defensive tackle. Yeah, I mean, you did a really good job covering it there. I, all that I'll add, just kind of as you know, my own personal fan perspective, is I guess my disappointment in the defense and is more the fact that just overall as a unit, they looked good. And in previous 
seasons, we've seen them look great, even from the jump. Now, obviously, last year there was an exception. They struggled a little bit, at least in the first half against Notre Dame. Uh, I, I saw quite a few missed tackles, which is something Luke brought up, but I think what we also saw is the emergence of several guys right away who are ready to, if not just emerge as stars or possibly just take the next step. Uh, you know, guys who were already solid like Lavert Hill and Avery Thomas, who uh, look like they're ready to kind of shoot up into the stratosphere and be legitimately, you know, all Big Ten type of players. Um, yeah, it, it was a solid effort, even without. I, I'm not even really counting that touchdown at the end. Um, no. And I, I guess this defensive effort probably could have been better, uh, but those two turnovers really cost them. We'll talk a little bit more that, about that when we get, you know, even more so into the bad. But uh, yeah, I, I guess kind of my one takeaway is it was a, it was a good defensive performance by a unit that I think has a lot of potential to be great. Well, yeah, I, I think you're spot on about the turnover. So, man, is that that's another part of this bad that Michigan cannot do that. You know, when they have this new offense, um, the defense is going to, you know, predictably be not as, I guess, efficient as it has in years past because they're simply going to be out there more. Like Michigan's not going to take as much time on the offensive side of the football as they have the last couple of years. Like, I look at the offensive performance. I, I was a little concerned with their, I don't know, lack of domination. I have a hard time, you know, putting it into words. I know I, you know, I had talked with Anthony about this, um, about the 2016 team, and the 2018 teams, and how they dominated their non-con opponents compared to like the 2017 and 2013 teams. And it's hard to like put into words, but I didn't necessarily see that against Middle Tennessee. While at the same time, I didn't see like the 2017 team non-conference performances against Air, uh, Air Force in Cincinnati so it, it, it felt somewhere in the middle but it, it felt like the offense lacked a yeah. knockout punch and you, you're going to need that if you're going to continue to turn the ball over if Michigan cleans up the turnovers nah they, they could probably get away with it but if this is going to be a more, more turnover prone offense because of the new style of offense they really need to develop that knockout punch like that was the lack of total domination is something that I thought lacked you know I, I wanted no, to see and, and more, I get I that, and I'm sure there will be people who say that that's kind of nitpicky, but I, I don't think so. I think that this was absolutely a game that you look at and you would have loved to have seen. And obviously, with it being the first game, there's a lot of excitement and anticipation, but you you wanted to see uh, a thorough manhandling of Middle Tennessee State. And you didn't quite get that, and I think, you know, kind of elaborating more on the bad with what you just said, a big reason for that. Uh, is the turnovers. I think when I think of this performance, one of the big words that comes to mind is sloppy. You had several issues kind of with the read option, a couple fumbles, Shea fumbling on the first play, a dropped punt, which that stuff just drives me nuts. Now with DP, DPJ being out hurt that big time, and I, I don't think that happens if he's not there, but it still happened. And uh, those turnovers led to 14 points. This I think could have been, uh, I, I think, me and you, Luke, especially, would be looking at this performance with a lot more optimism uh, if if they would have tightened the screws a little bit and kept the sloppiness kind of at bay and uh, avoided some of the turnover issues that they had. Yeah, I certainly don't think that they were, um, you know, for, it actually was, and it could be coach speak too, but it actually sort of caught me off guard how positive they were about the performance. I mean, I, I know that they, I mean, the players weren't. I mean, Shea Patterson straight up said, I need to be better. Our ball security needs to be better. And that's where I think we talked about this in the off season where I said, 
I can see in this new offense, Shea Patterson's turnovers going up, but that's more of like the interception variety. Uh, I thought for like for the most part last year, he was a guy like we're just going by last year now. Did a pretty good job of taking care of the football. And obviously, you know, you fumble on the first play of the game. I don't know if that's nerves. I don't know what that is. And then you muff a punt. Like those being the two turnovers are a little bit different to me than, you know, Shea Patterson makes a bad read and throws a pick six or, um, you know, fumbles on the goal line. So like they weren't, they weren't backbreaking. They were just frustrating. Um, I think in general, uh, kind of going back to, you know, some of the bad with the defense, it also sort of confirms to me that I think that this, this will be a good defense and the numbers will look pretty good. But I think this season will, will be determined by the progress that this team makes on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, I'm really interested in seeing like, yeah, they're a 23 and a half point favorite over army on Saturday, but that's a good football team and, and they they're a physical football team and they, and they play rough and it's going to give, I actually think they could probably will be able to do most of what they want to do offensively. Uh, it's defensively where I think that the game could be you know a little crazy with a lot of young players out there kind of, running around like chickens with their heads cut off potentially. But overall, I mean, I think you guys did a pretty good job summing it up. I mean, it's not in a way, I think you can learn a little bit more, you know, let's just say that Michigan went out there and won, you know, 59 to three, like, and just, you know, Shane Patterson's thrown to wide open receivers all day and um, they don't turn over the football. And obviously that's what you want to see. But I also think that in terms of the first game of the year, and you know, correctable mistakes that you can put on film. Uh, I think you, it, it, for this particular football team, I think a game like the one on Saturday might be more beneficial than you know just you know. I said it. If this was the Michigan of old, where they would run the ball, let's just say fifty-five times in the game and run for four hundred fifty yards, yeah, they probably win that game fifty-five to ten or whatever. Um, I think we can learn. I think this team and where this offense is going what this defense needs to do to improve. I think that they can learn a lot from, from this game because yeah, they've only seen, they've only seen each other for, you know, a couple months in, or, you know, for a month and then you know, for spring football to finally get some snaps against the other team. And for as cliche, if it sounds like I'm carrying water for the program, that's fine. Um, I just, you know, I, I don't, my, my main takeaway comes back to, to me, it's not nothing we saw as a concern until it becomes a trend. We don't have enough of a sample size yet. So uh, in a lot of ways, I don't want to say you can throw this game tape out because I think there's a lot of good things you can improve upon, but a lot of things sort of happen too that I don't expect to happen a lot. I don't expect to be rich. I don't expect Shea Patterson to, to be reckless with the football. Donovan Peoples-Jones like isn't going to muff punts. Uh, the defense isn't going to be working on a ton of short fields and things like that. So um I'm not too worried yet until I see what happens next. So um, I've said it all along. This is a show me season for me. They showed me where they're at as a football team. And now you have to get better. It's as simple as that. Did you guys get a vibe that it was just like a weird vibe? Like it didn't feel like a, a season opener. Maybe it had something to do with playing at seven 30 against middle Tennessee state in the big house. I don't know. I, j- I just never got the vibe that, the atmosphere was electric. Anthony can allude to that much better than I. He was there. I was just watching on TV. It just felt weird. I don't know. I can't. I was, there were, no, I, I, I'm with you, Lou. There was something off about it, and I think part of it is 
this is that this is kind of new ter- new territory in the sense that not only was it a season opener opener at night, but this is the first time in three years they've opened the season at the Big House, which is, I mean, for Michigan and, and you know a major program like Michigan yeah. is kind of strange. Uh, there and also you look at the last the last two seasons, their season openers have been, you know. Against ranked teams, emotional games, you know, starting at Notre Dame, a nationally televised game, obviously, on, on NBC. And then the previous year uh, in uh, Texas, uh, yeah. it, that was in Dallas, yeah, right, Arling- against Florida. Technically Arlington, but it's, yeah, it's again, you know, Arlington, fair enough. Uh, against Florida, that was, a you know, a big game. It's been a minute, you know, it's been three years since they've just kind of had a ho-hum season opener. Uh like this one. So I, I guess it's just, we'd kind of forgotten what that's like. And I'm, you know, I'm fine with that uh, for the most part, but there was, there was some about it that felt. Well, I think there are a few things. First of all, for whatever reason, I think that the big 10 network broadcast kind of picks up the app. Like the, I don't think you always hear the crowd in those broadcasts, especially. Yeah. uh, I I think that's, that's actually, I think that's really a big, big part of it. Anthony before I was watching Brandon Peters and, and, you know, made his debut for Illinois. And obviously it's a, you know, they played Akron. So it's a much lower game and maybe the, the level C or or D broadcast crew, whatever. But um, the announcing crew for that game literally sounded like they were doing it from the studio. So I don't know if it's just, they have the crowd mic differently, but I'll say this too. Um, in a lot of ways, how I, how I talked about this was akin to like an NFL preseason game. Um, I think the crowd sort of reflected that too, because this is, you look at the ticket prices for all these games. This was the cheapest. I believe this is the, that was the cheapest ticket to get in the door. If you go on StubHub or SeatGeek or wherever you get your tickets. Um, so with that comes sort of a different crowd, not to say that like, not to say that it's like a, a meaner crowd or a rowdier crowd, but I think it was, you know, I'll put it this way. My dad and my uncles had Detroit Lions season tickets for like almost 30 years. And we would always, you know, me and my brother, usually the kids would get to go to the preseason games. It was always a much different crowd because, you know, in those games that don't really matter, you're seeing a lot more people where they can only afford to go to that game. So that game means everything to them. So, you know, that's where you got, I mean, there were boo birds as early as a couple minutes into the game. Um, And it was, you know, from what I've been told from people that were down on the field, um, it was sort of, it was a different atmosphere. It wasn't, you know, yeah, night game at the big house, but that was by far the le- the least marquee big house matchup at night that we've ever seen. Most of them have been Notre Dame games, a couple Penn State games, and a Michigan State game, uh, Wisconsin a couple times as well. So, I mean, it's like, um, it was just a different atmosphere. I think a little bit less patient of an atmosphere. This was more of like the Twitter egg atmosphere that the people that um, <laughs> generally yeah. the people that have like the worst takes on Twitter. And like, if you're, if you were at the game, like I'm not pigeonholing you or anything, but like just imagine some of the bottom of the barrel takes that we see. And I think a lot of those type of people were at the game. So um, that's not disparaging anyone that was there. It was still, you know, 110,000 strong. Uh, not a not an empty seat to be had, but I think it's just a it was just a different atmosphere, different crowd, different uh, coming off the off season and the end of last season. Um, I think just a a different, probably the most unique atmosphere that they'll play in this year, all things considered. So 
I didn't. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have much else on the ugly side of things, other than I don't want to see jet sweeps to Dylan McCaffrey from Shea Patterson. Oh God, no. I just don't want to see it. Like that's that's pretty much the only ugly that I have from this game. What about you guys? Any anything else that that you can add to the ugly side of thing? Like takes it beyond bad because that was definitely beyond bad. Um, nothing too ugly. I mean, things that I'd like to see get better. Obviously, tightening up the offensive play calling a little bit. I thought. All things considered, I thought things were were pretty good. I thought it was a pretty good debut for Josh Gaddis. Um, They know what they want to be. I just don't think they know what they are yet, if that makes sense. It's kind of a a Yogi Berra-ism, so to speak. Uh, This was how I put it. I said, it's an offense. This is what I wrote. It's an offense that knows what they want to be, but currently has multiple personality disorder. So that's kind of where I see that right now. Just, you know... Just keep finding what works and, and build on it. And I would imagine the playbook will expand as the year goes on. It's just a matter of what expands and what sort of concepts they introduce into it. Um, offensive line-wise, I thought uh, that right side of the line could have played better, especially I, I, things were pretty solid for the most part. Really the only glaring mistake, uh, Jalen Mayfield and Mike Onwenu kind of got crossed up in, in a stunt that led to a sack. Um I certainly like if they feel that Ryan Hayes is playing really well, I can certainly see a scenario where he slides over to right tackle or John Runyon slides over to right tackle. I don't know. I think it's way too early for that. Um, again, it was one game against a team that really didn't have much that they were going to do. A good fo- they will be a good fo- football team in their conference, but really not much of a threat anywhere else. Uh, other than that, like I said, I'd like to see a little more of a pass rush with, with uh, the front four. Um, secondary I thought was was very good um didn't see a ton of Dax Hill uh, he was on special teams I, I believe he was partially responsible I'd have to go back and look for that garbage time touchdown I think one of the guys uh tried to switch and, and someone wasn't accounted for and you know things got out of hand there but overall I mean uh just clean up the little stuff um something we didn't mention that was good uh kickers made all of their kicks both Jake Moody and Quinn Nordine so um Shout sure. out to both those guys. I tend to believe it's Jake Moody's job uh, to lose, but uh, by all accounts, it seems like that battle will continue into this week. And uh, there's not enough time left in this podcast for me to explain what Jim Harbaugh said they're doing to determine who's going to win that battle. But um, you know, I think I think we talk college kickers is such a like a famous meme uh, this time of year. You see it all the time with guys missing 26 yard field goals or, or whatever. Um, in an, in a sport in an era where we see so many of those easy miss kicks and teams can't find a kicker, like the Alabamas of the world who are stacked at every position can't find a kicker. Um, I think Michigan, you could make the argument that Michigan has two of the best kickers in the country and one of them isn't really even going to play. So, uh, yeah, that's, well, I hope so. Uh, yeah. on that front, I think things, things are pretty going pretty well there. So overall, not. Like I said, uh, the concern, like, in t- if there was a panic meter for this game, I'd put it at, like, literally almost a one or a two. Like, I just, I, I don't think either way, whether they won 70 to nothing or won, you know, obviously if it was, like, 27-24, we were having a different conversation. But um, with what we saw and what they had, yeah, it could be better, but is it time to panic? No. And I don't even think it will be time to panic after this week. And, I mean, I think we'll, we'll see what happens at, um, during the bye. You know, th- we've got – Another game for them, and then a bye week, and then they go to Wisconsin. So, a um, couple, couple big tests coming up. So, interested in seeing how this 
thing progresses. Cause and one, one final thought for me, and then I guess we can kind of close it out unless you guys have anything else. Um, something that stuck out to me during Harbaugh's Monday press conference was he's asking his team two questions right now. And that's, are the things that we do really well enough to beat the best teams on our schedule? And with the things that we're not doing well, can we overcome those and beat the best teams on our schedule? And that's really the first time that I think, you know, you always hear Jim Harbaugh in the past talk about, you know, we're going to take it one, one day at a time, improve each day, be better the next day than we were mm-hmm. the day before. Uh, this was really the first time that I can remember him sort of being up front with like, hey, we know that Michigan State and Ohio State and, and Notre Dame and Penn State and Notre Dame hasn't, you know, as of this podcast hasn't played yet, but like we know the teams that we play played really well over the weekend and we're not where we want to be yet. So we need to keep improving there. So um, really for the first time, I think, you know, the, the sense of urgency to me is, is as high as it's ever been. And I think, you know, outside of what people saw in the on-field product, I think it's pretty encouraging to see them taking this performance seriously and, and building on the good things and, and going to work and trying to fix the, the not so good things. Yeah, there's a lot of self-awareness in that quote. Like Chris, it. anything more to add on the uh, ugly side of things? No, I think we covered well, it. All righty then. I think uh, that does about wrap it up here. I will say, though, coming off the performance, my final thought, I think the best way that I could personally characterize that performance is that I'm not worried about Michigan losing to Army, but I'm more concerned about the Army game than I was going into MTSU, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't think I'm as – I mean, I think, you know, this Army team, just to look ahead just a little bit, um, yeah, that that offense is going to be problematic in terms of, you know, they just do – you got to know where the ball is going to be. And, and I actually wouldn't be surprised if we saw Don Brown's defense turn in one of its better performances that we've seen uh, because they've been practicing for – you know, Jim Harbaugh said something along the lines of they've been making time to practice for Army since, you know, the spring at certain points. So I think they'll be ready there. Um, offensively, I think there's a good chance that they can pretty much do whatever they want to do as long as they execute. Um, we'll just see. It's going to be a matter of what what they call, what they saw, what they liked from the game before. Uh, I'm not as I, – I actually think I'm a little bit less worried about the Army game, but more – especially after seeing how – now, mind you, South Florida stinks and Charlie Strong stinks, but Wisconsin – <laughs> and Jonathan Taylor in general played much, much better than I expected them to uh, in their first game of the year. So I think, yeah, that's um, fair. weirdly enough, concern for army down uh, concern for Wisconsin on the road up a little bit, but again, it's one game. We'll see what happens this weekend. All righty. Yeah, sure. That'll just about do it for us. Reminder that you need to follow our Twitter pages. You can follow the show at Brewcast Show on Twitter. You can also follow Maze and Brew Twitter. Uh, also on Facebook, you, you got to go follow all the sites at Maze and Brew on Twitter. Like us on Facebook and Instagram as well. And also follow these guys here. Chris, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter. That's at Castellani2014. That's at C A S T E L L A N I 2 one four there you'll find all my post game videos for the Detroit Tigers as well as my post game videos for the Michigan Wolverines. Um, you can find me at Snapchat and the Snapchat name is my same is the same as my Twitter handle. Uh, if you want to see me on Instagram as well, that's Chris Castle ninety five. That's C H R I S C A S T L E nine five. Please follow me on all those and platforms. Anthony. 
Uh, can follow my grumpy and beer cheese filled uh, carcass on Twitter at Anthony T Broom. Obviously, all of the uh, social media channels for Maze and Brew. Uh, definitely give us a like on the Facebook page too. I don't think I pushed that one all that much, but uh, trying to expand there and our Instagram as well at Maze and Brew SBN. So, um, yeah, yeah. Happy Happy Labor Day uh, night. It won't be Labor Day when you hear this, but. Uh, it might still be. Who knows? It depends on how fast I work. But uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. And a little bit longer the first week, but I, I think that uh, I think that that game was worthy of, of going a little bit longer. So yeah, and you can find me on Twitter, my new Twitter at Luke Gerdi, L U K E G H I A R D I. For I, I got a comment last week. I went too fast on that one, so slowed it down here a little bit this week. And also, uh, please. Uh, go subscribe and leave reviews. We really appreciate all the reviews that you guys have been uh, giving to us. We read them all, so uh, do really appreciate it. And you can subscribe and leave a review for all of our shows and content where you get your podcasts by searching Maze and Brew Podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. So for Anthony Broom, for Chris Castellani, I'm Luke Yardi, and we'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode of the Recruiting Roundup. Did I get that one right? Uh, we're is, calling is it still working title. We're calling still it future, title. future brew. It's called future brew. Uh, future brew. Future brew. We have a name this time. So yeah, those guys will be back tomorrow with that. So yeah. So we'll talk to you next check time. Check them out. Check them out.